Hey, y'all. It's Dina here, lead producer. Have you ever wondered what kind of species swim around in the Buffalo Bayou? And what on earth is this alligator gar that so many people seem to catch? Today, contributors Scott Solomon and Corey Evans, who's an assistant professor of biosciences at Rice University, are here to tell me all about the inedible fish that are in the bayou and why some of them look like freaking mutants. It's Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. I'm Dina Kispe, and this is CityCast Houston. Scott and Corey, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So y'all are here to blow my mind away to talk fish and all the different kind of fish that can be found in the bayou. Uh, Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, there seems to be this huge fishing scene at the Buffalo Bayou. Am I right kind of in thinking this? Yeah, uh, there's definitely a really nice urban fishing scene kind of all throughout Buffalo Bayou. I mean, does it happen to also be like this best kept secret for urban fishing? Uh, Yeah, especially uh, recently, there have been some kind of record-setting fish that have been coming out of there over the past year or two. Um, And it's one of the only Mm -hmm. naturally embanked bayous in uh, Houston proper. Um, So yeah, it's a a wonderful place to fish uh, with a lot of access on either side of uh, the bayou. You're right. I mean, I've been seeing so many news stories all the time about like this gigantic fish, you know, that was caught in the Buffalo Bayou. And I'm just curious, like, this is like a thing. It's normal that they're this big. I mean, how how does that even happen? (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, a few factors probably likely play into that. I think one of the factors is that uh, you're not supposed to eat anything that comes out of that Buffalo Bayou, Uh, which means (laughs) that if you catch the fish, you usually put it back. And uh, if you put a fish back, it's usually going to grow a bit bigger. Mm. Um, There's also a lot of nutrient input um, at the Bayou at different places. So I'm sure there's lots of like dumping and trash and things that go in there. And sometimes trash is bad for fish, but if there's food in the trash, the, f- the fish will eat it. There's also a gigantic bat colony mm. uh, right in Wall Bridge. And those bat droppings, as well as actual bats, uh, usually uh, are, are usually good for the fish communities that are right beneath it. Um, I, I live right near the bayou, so uh, sometimes when the bats are flying out, mm-hmm. if birds hit the bats and the bats fall in the water, I've seen gar hit the bats that hit the water. Um, so lots of fish kind of crowd right underneath of the bridge. It's also a pretty good reason not to eat the fish. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're out there eating bats. Hmm. Okay. Yes. And bat poop. <laughs> and bat poop. Oh, God. Yes. Ew. <laughs> you said gar. For somebody who doesn't know anything about fish... And I'm sure a lot of our audience also don't know that much about fish. What is a gar? Yeah, so gar are really cool. So uh, gar are basically these prehistoric-looking freshwater fishes that we have in North America and exclusively in North America. So they're like our our, our thing. Um, and they've looked morphologically the same since kind of the Jurassic. So like 100 million years ago or so, 150 million years ago. <laughs> Uh, what's cool about gar is that they have these oftentimes really long toothy snouts with these big, heavy armored uh, scales running down their body. Uh, they breathe air, so uh, usually you'll see them come up and take uh, gulps of air at the surface. Um, and they're also highly predatory. Wow. Uh, so they look fierce and ferocious, and they're a really fun fish to fish for as well. So what what goes into exploring the different species of fish in our bayou? Like, how does that work? How do you find out what exists under there? So you usually, if you were going to sample kind of a body of water, you would uh, usually set up nets, uh, use some sort of netting. You'd also look at uh, kind of um, public records for things that people have caught out of that bayou. Uh, And usually when people are fishing, they're targeting a a 
small subsection of what's actually in the bayou, which is basically big things that hit fishing hooks. But there's all kinds of small fish there too. Uh, so usually you'll set nets. You might seine, um, which is where you uh, basically pull a really long net along the shore and then bring it towards the shore and see all the small fish you've caught. Uh, so there are several uh, sampling methods and techniques that you would use to um, figure out what's there. And, you know, I mean, even if you're not like actively trying to survey the fish population, like I, I am a biologist, but I'm not a fish biologist, <laughs> but I do run along the bayous. Like I live near Bray's Bayou and I go running along the pathway. Mm. And I mean, most of the time the water is so shallow that you can see fish swimming through there. And then sometimes I've seen like dead fish that, uh, you know, like what's left of them up on on the shoreline. And so I often will be like texting Corey pictures of like, hey, what's this weird, you know, dead fish that I found <laughs> along the bayou? Yeah. Um, and uh, and so, you know, that's how I've been trying to learn more about kind of what lives in our bayous. Yeah, the fish will make themselves known. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool because one of the things I've always wanted to like explore is and to make it easier for me because fishing is just not my thing. I tried it. Not successful. You got to be real patient. And I don't know if I've got it in me to be that patient. <laughs> so like if you're able to just kind of see them just by like Scott, you were saying you were running and you were able to see. Can you see, and this is maybe a, a silly question, but you know, the alligator guard that I feel like a lot of people have, I feel like I've seen so many news story, stories about people catching an alligator gar. Can you see that at the surface or not really? One of the cool things about any gar is that if it's in the water, if you wait long enough, you will see them because they have to breathe mm. atmospheric oxygen. Uh, so if you sit there and wait for 15 minutes, you usually will see gar come to the surface. Wow. So maybe this is a question that might be hard to answer, but just exactly how many known species of fish are in the bayou? I mean, are any of them native to Houston? Can, can a fish even be native? To Houston? <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. Uh, so to answer your first question, I'm not exactly sure. And the, the, I guess I was reading some articles about it and we don't really know yet. Uh, so the list, uh, we basically just don't know how many fish are in the bayou. Uh, but to answer the second question, fish are native to Houston. Fish are native to uh, the bayou, absolutely. And gar and um, many of the catfish species and, and the bass species and things like that. And the shiners and things are all native to Houston, all native to Texas. I'll name North America. That's really cool. So when you say gar, does that also include the alligator gar or is that something different? Yeah. So there's, uh, I believe, two or three species of gar that live in the bayou. There's the alligator gar, which is the biggest one. There's the long nose gar and maybe even the short nose gar as well. Oh, wow. So uh, several species. And then there's like a spotted gar. There's, there's like eight or nine species of gar. So you kind of already answered my question and I, I was going to ask if anything's edible and not that I would ever go eating any fish that came out of that water. For sure, I would not <laughs> because they also look like like these mutant things that aren't even from this planet. For example, like the alligator gar. I feel like if I was to describe it as someone who has a very limited vocabulary when it comes to fish, I would say it has the face of an alligator, but like the fins of a fish. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, is that like a fair characterization? Yes. Yeah. It's got the face of an alligator, the body of a torpedo, and then the back end fins of a fish, basically. Yes. <laughs> okay. So how, why does it look so weird? So uh, 
one there are many reasons why it looks weird, but one of the reasons why it looks weird is because it's an ambush predator. And so uh, with ambush fish predators, you usually see what we call fusiform body shapes, where wow. these really long uh, torpedo-like bodies like pike and barracuda. Um, and that basically allows them to cut through the water really uh, quickly to catch uh, other fish prey, which is usually what they eat. And uh, kind of going along with being an ambush predator, you also usually see long snouts uh, with lots of teeth. Fish are really slippery, even to other fish. Uh, so uh, when fish are eating other fish, uh, one dead giveaway are the big spiky teeth and oftentimes the really long snouts. Mm. If you have a long snout, you can actually close your jaw faster, kind of going through the water. Wow. Uh, so it allows them to basically grab fish really quickly. Scott, I got to ask you, have you ever gone fishing there? Have you ever caught a fish? I mean, if you have, what have you caught? So I am uh, I do like to go fishing sometimes, but I have not gone fishing in the bayous. Um, but, you know, like I said, I see the fish that are there. Most of the fishing I've done has been down along the coast. Mm. Uh, but I've given up fishing after having a very embarrassing fishing accident down in the shallows of Galveston Bay and haven't <laughs> haven't had it in me to, to get back into it again. So <laughs> it's been a while. Speaking of Galveston Bay, I, I was reading apparently some fish from Galveston Bay will swim up Buffalo Bayou during high tides. So you can get what? things like sheep's head and stuff in Buffalo Bayou. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. See, I never really knew, mostly because like I don't even try to run along the bayou. I'm, I'm just so scared of anything coming out at me or jumping out at me. <laughs> so I'm trying to avoid it. I'll see it from a distance. I'll go all, to all the beautiful parks that surround it. But I don't know if I would actually go fishing there, you know. And I, and the fact that it's such a popular, like, secret fishing place, I'm very curious. Like, what is the largest fish, not like alligator or anything like that, that can be found in the bayou? I would say it's probably a close tie between uh, some of the larger catfish, like a blue cat and an alligator gar. Both those guys can get pretty big. Uh, the record alligator gar, I think, was five or six feet they came out of there. Wow. Uh, but blue cats can get that big, too. Um, so, yeah, it, it all depends. <laughs> and how would you say that the waterways are connected to Buffalo Bayou? How would you describe that? Oh, that's a good question. I don't really know. What I do know is that Buffalo Bayou drains towards Galveston Bay. So it drains towards the ocean. Um, mm. And that's all I know about it, really. I mean, I guess they're basically just rivers, right? I mean, we call them bayous, and that's kind of a historical, local, cultural thing. But at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're rivers that sometimes flood, and, uh, and they connect to the coast eventually. But a lot of our bayous here in Houston are going to, yeah, connect into, into Galveston Bay. So that gives, I guess it gives the, the fish opportunities to kind of swim back and forth if they can handle the different salinities, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. That's true. So I guess you're kind of telling me, like, if it's draining into the to Galveston, I shouldn't eat the fish that's coming out of Galveston either. That's what I'm hearing. Look. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> you really shouldn't be eating the fish coming out of Galveston either, <laughs> if we're being completely, completely honest. <laughs> you should not be doing that. <laughs> Unless they're migratory, then that's fine. Are there any? Yeah. Uh, so, like, snapper come in seasonally. Um, so they'll spend oh. some time offshore. They'll come closer. Then they'll go back offshore. And while they're offshore, they're eating things that are far further away from Galveston. There you go. Okay. So we're good. Yeah. So. <laughs> so one of the fish that I've wondered about, because I've seen these, I think I've, I've texted Corey pictures of what I think are armored catfish that have uh, been washed up on the side of the shore. But those aren't native here, right? No, they're not. No, they are actually native to South and Central America. Um, oh, and wow. they're likely releases from the pet trade. 
Um, and they do really well here because like all catfish are basically tough as nails. And these guys, they just eat plants and algae and scum. Uh, so they really get it, uh, kind of eking out a living wherever you put them. Those are like the same catfish that you put in to like clean the sides of your aquarium, right? They're like sucker catfish. Is it the same kind? Yeah, that that's them. Yep. So I guess an important uh, message there to not not release your your aquarium fish into the bayous, right? <laughs> yeah, because they're the thing is they're armored too, so it's actually hard for other fish to eat them in their natural habitat. Like they they live in places where things like piranhas and other fish with gigantic jaws and teeth that they can actually go through the armor. Uh, and they're competing with other catfish, so it's fine. But up in North America, there aren't too many fish with uh, the equipment to take care, to take those guys out. What about an alligator gar? So, fun fact about alligator gar. They have long, toothy snouts. It's true. But when you have a really long face uh, with teeth on it, you actually generate huh. less bite force, you know, per, you know, face length, if you will, than something with a really short face. Mm. Uh, it's kind of uh, jaw mechanics. So, uh, basically, as for your out lever, which is jaw length, the longer it is, the more of uh, the basically the less force um, you can generate. So faster, but not as strong. Exactly. That's the force velocity oh. trade-off. So a piranha okay. can bite very, very hard, um, but an alligator gar can bite really fast. I don't think I want to get bit by either of them. No, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to go into any water where I can't see the bottom. Like that's you're know, making me like want to go swimming in any sort of body water. Which is like all of our waterways, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's cool to be able to see what's in there. I mean, like as biologists, like like I said, I don't study fish, but I think it's super cool mm -hmm. just to see all the diversity of fish that are here. And one of the things I often do is like look for the birds, right? I mean, you often will see yeah. these birds that eat fish that are hanging out near the bayous. And you know they're there for a reason. And if you watch them long mm -hmm. enough, I one time watched um, an egret that pulled this gigantic fish out. And I watched it because I thought there is no way that this egret is going to get that fish down. Like the fish is huge. The egret has this really narrow, <laughs> tiny little neck. Seems impossible. And it just somehow gulped it down. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. What? Wow. So they're fun to watch. They're, they're good. They're good at fishing. Uh, they're better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> they're better than most of us, I would argue. <laughs> so you're encouraging people to go fishing, but we're encouraging them not to eat the fish. Yeah, I, I think it's super important to interact with your uh, kind of natural environment. Um, and fishing is a great way to do that. It's like also a great way to get a look at animals that you normally don't get to see. So for like birds and mammals and you're walking down the street, like birds will make themselves known because they're screaming at each other all the time and like a mammal's <laughs> in your trash can or something. But fish, like you have to seek out fish. Um, but fishing, I think, mm. is a really nice activity. It's fun. Um, and if you get really into it, you know, it's almost, it's almost like solving a puzzle. And you never really know what you're going to get in a place like Buffalo Bayou as well with the, kind of the murky water. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's a, I think it's a great way to kind of enjoy being outdoors. So where would you recommend for beginner fisher folk <laughs> like myself and people who still haven't gotten the courage after a, a little fallout like Scott, <laughs> where would you tell us to go fish? Uh, I would say kind of near the Wall Bridge um, at Buffalo Bayou. There's a lot of access uh, that allows you to get closer to the water. Um, and then you're right next to a path. So you're like well within, you're like right smack dab in downtown. You can just leave and go live your life afterwards. <laughs> it's, it's not like you have to camp out or anything. 
One thing I'll add is you do have to have a fishing permit if you're if you're fishing in most places. But actually, mm. in Texas state parks, it's the only place where you can go fishing without needing a uh, fishing permit. And so like our Ooh. local state parks, like Brazos Bend, for example, um, that's a place I have gone fishing. And it's great because it's a beautiful place. There's lots of wildlife, lots of fish. Um, and, and you don't actually need to, to get a permit ahead of time. That's really good to know. Well, if I ever have the itch to go fishing, I now know where to go. Thank you all both so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Tina. Yeah, no problem. That was Scott Solomon and Corey Evans. All right, y'all, if you're a huge fan of Scott, you should totally check out his new podcast. It's called Wild World. It's a show that will explore the natural wonders of our planet through the voices of people who explore, study, and protect them. We'll have a link to his podcast in our show notes. Now to Carly. Tell me what's going on in Houston today. Hey, Dina. So this one's for my CityCast fam who are pet lovers. Starting today, Houston will be handing out fines to cat and dog owners who don't have their pets microchipped. Now, even though this may seem all of a sudden, it's actually coming from a law passed a whole year ago. And now that the grace period is up, y'all got to go get these dogs and cats registered, microchipped, and vaccinated for rabies. Now, if you're wondering where the heck you're supposed to go get a microchip from, well, the city will be offering free ones on Monday, February 6th and Tuesday, February 7th at the Animal Shelter on 3300 Car Street. And you can get the chip put in for $15 while you're there. That is all I've got for y'all today on CityCast Houston. Y'all, we are running a few special shows for Valentine's Day. Do you have a sweet little love story that's just so H-Town? Do you have a special meet cute? Tell me, I want to know. You can text us, email, or even call, and we'll use that voicemail in our show. Make me laugh or make me cry. Whatever it is, I want to hear your love story. All that info on how to share your story with us will be in our show notes. Till then. Bye. Dina out. Hey, y'all. Just going to slide in here real quickly to say generally around now you'd be hearing a blooper. But for your curious ears and mine, we got Scott to tell us his embarrassing fishing story. Enjoy. Yes, I was out wade fishing in the bay, and I caught a, a fish. I caught a nice fish, but it had swallowed the hook. And I'm there, like, messing, trying to get the, you know, there's blood. I'm feeling oh. terrible that I'm, like, injuring this poor fish. And I oh finally, like, end up getting the the hook out. The fish is now dead. I'm <gasps> upset. I'm feeling really guilty. And uh, I, you know, release the fish. And then I go to, like, you know, go put more bait on my hook. And I'm like, wait, where's my hook? Wait, where's my pole? My entire fishing rod, I had dropped it in the chaos of trying to get the hook oh off. And I was out in, like, I had been wade fishing out in, like, Galveston Bay. And there's a current. Oh, my <gasps> fishing rod was gone. It was gone. It was long gone. <laughs> it was so I had gone. to do the walk of shame, like, back to shore. <laughs> there's all these other fishermen out there. I'm, like, walking back without a fishing rod. I'm like. Oh, my God. And without fish. Yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> That that's the thing I haven't come back from. I haven't I haven't had the courage to go buy a new one and and get back out there. <laughs> I, honestly, that that'll do it for me too. Honestly, I'm fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> that'll make me never want to go fishing either. Yeah. Guilt and shame combined. Yeah, <laughs> and cost. 
<laughs> it was a nice ride. Thank you for telling us your story. I was so curious. 